Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's good, Internet? It's Monday, October 17th, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 516. I'm your host, Rob Zachney, and I'm joined by Ricardo Contreras. Oh, it's Patrick Monday. <laughs> wow. Ricardo <laughs> just... I, well, I, sorry, I thought, I, thought, I thought Ricardo was panicking, and so I just moved on. <laughs> I was like, oh, they weren't ready. They weren't ready. I was I was trying to figure out the best. I was trying to figure just watching out watching the Garfield. podcast zoom down the road. Ricardo stopped dead in the middle of the stopped dead in the middle of it. Eyes glinting. I was trying to figure out how Garfield I wanted to go because it's Monday and that's not usual for us. But it's not Monday really. It's Thursday, so I had to dig a it's little Thursday, deeper than I thought. So we're, <laughs> we're recording this on a Thursday. It's going up on a Monday, so everything is. It's all topsy turvy. <laughs> And Renata Price, how are we coping today? I'm fine. I'm normal. Thank God. At least, at least. Do we want to go that person. far? <laughs> I'm, I'm normal. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> ask me anything. I'm normal. I'm cool. You, you know what? I was, you know, one of those boxes that was stacked up behind you. I don't know if it's put away, but it is further down. The tower has moved closer <laughs> oh to the. Floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, doing laundry fuck. tonight. <laughs> Jesus so, Christ, that's my laundry bin that I hand wash my clothes in, you fuck. I am absolutely... Don't uh, take out your laundry anxiety on me. I'm just pointing out things. Sorry. So, like, no, I'm, I'm, this is also touching on a sensitive point for me because my parents visited uh, before we went up to New Hampshire for, uh, like, a getaway. I see them, like, once a year. But it was a, it was the, like, oh, shit, like, make it look like different people live here. Uh, type type thing before my parents arrived to, to sort of stay the night. So it was <laughs> frantic, like deep yeah. cleaning. Do you enjoy, of but the, do you, the question is: Do you enjoy that process where you arrive at a house that you wish to look like that more <laughs> often, or you are you're content with its current state, but don't want them to oh, see man. that state? That's how. Okay, how do we? Uh, so unless <laughs> we got so because you know what I mean. Like sometimes when yeah. like you're throwing a big party or something, like it actually like, shit. Seven things that I've been meaning to do. Like now, I have to do them because they are embarrassing me. And like before, people have to see it. Now I'm finally gonna like 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 these all this shit on this table behind me. Like it's just my mm-hmm. office. No one ever sees it. No one comes in my office when we have people over. But when people come over, it's like finally okay. I'm gonna put that stuff in a box and <laughs> hide it in a closet. So I guess there's there's a couple things here. One is I do I do like that we the thing I actually talked about this with MK like like about two hours before my parents got here. Uh, we were both just like 
drenched in sweat from the last minute. Like we gotta, this has gotta go. Just like we're absolutely, uh, it, it is, it is like uh, getting rid of evidence before the cops show up. Basically, <laughs> like just like you know, one person's flushing just continuously. Uh, you know, the, the the next person is like running the UV light over over the crime scene. Uh, so. But, you know, I, I sort of mentioned this as like, you know, we never would have done this for ourselves. We never would no. like we would not have p- gone to this effort. We would have just lived like this in this filth um, mm-hmm. if this external pressure wasn't here. So mm-hmm. this is my actual coping skill uh, for this shit. Uh, keeping my apartment. I'd invite people over or like uh, when it comes to like <laughs> the, the room in which I live, like my you know, my girlfriend visits or like I go on a date with someone like that is that is my. That is the clock upon which I function where it's like, and that's the problem. My girlfriend hasn't been able to visit recently and I haven't been going on any dates recently. And so my shit's all fucked. My schedule's ruined. I live in squalor. Yeah. The, um, the other aspect of this was so like the, as part of this, like we're, we're really deep cleaning the apartment and, you know, we came to terms with the mice in places we did not know about. Oh, and that no. wasn't, like not awesome discoveries and two it was one of those things where you do not have to scratch like deep like far below the surface when you realize like we've had a suspicion that like there's this arc you go through with cleaners where they start adding more and more clients and you just start noticing that the cleaners like visits like start wrapping up way faster and you're like wow they just really got this place down to science but there's a point where it crosses into I don't know that you could have really done much in the 15 minutes you were there. 15? Like, yeah. And so when we're doing this whole process, like it was, <laughs> you know, they do most of the vacuuming. So like we look under the couch and it's like, this has clearly not been vacuumed in a year. And so it's like one of those things where now it, now it is sort of posing a problem of like, do we do we try to raise this with the cleaners uh, or we do we just sort of complete the cycle of life and go, like find different cleaners? Because uh, this is this is this is an inviolable law with this business model is like cleaners come in. They do a good job. Uh, but the easiest way to make more money as a cleaner is to add clients. And so suddenly you start seeing the cleaners like for shorter and shorter periods uh, as they're as they're moving through. And so like it feels like shit. We worked with these people for like two years, but also it was like, oh, this isn't good. Like this is this is for what we are paying. These are not these are not things we should be finding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. So it's 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 plunged us into a Larry David esque. Uh, like comedy of manners like how do we how how do we address this or do i just do i just continue being like uh you know what i am i am happy to pay for a terrible job to avoid feeling like an asshole see this is this is the inverse of the of my salaried housekeeper experience where we fucking oh we lingered oh we we clean the shit out of some buildings slowly so as slowly as possible, because if we did it at the pace everyone else, if we did it at our actual pace, they would have given us like 10 more buildings to work on. No, <laughs> we're going to clean the fuck out of this room. I'm going to scrub every centimeter so I don't have to walk to that apartment 13 feet away. Not doing it. Well, the the other thing 
Um, the other thing that like has been lingering in the back of my mind, like for about a year, and this is another part of the life cycle of like working with a cleaning business. You stop seeing the original cleaner and they just start managing teams of people. And the teams of people like tend to like there tends to be like a rapid turnover and they all tend to like only speak the language of the country of origin of like the head cleaner you started working with. And there's this part, there's this part of me that's like sitting in the back of my mind, like, are these cleaners being paid fairly for what the total cleaning bill, you know what I mean? Cause it's all going to the person who owns the business. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there being like, I know, like I know what I pay. Do they know what I pay? Like, do, do they do they know the revenue they're bringing in? So, like, you end up with, like, now you're sliding bigger and t- bigger tips, uh, <laughs> like, across the table just to, like, try to balance it out. Uh, but the, the entire thing is just, like, the, this nest of, like, you know, fundamentally, we uncovered evidence that, like, one of the reasons the mice are so comfortable here is that despite the fact that cleaners come through here weekly, the mice are not troubled by their presence or the presence of their vacuum cleaner. Uh, so it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things where we're, we're kind of sitting there being like, uh, I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to like learn, learn Portuguese so I can like argue with a cleaner. Um, <laughs> but it might, it, it, it's coming to that point. Um, men would just rather learn Portuguese, Portuguese than have than a get- confrontation with their cleaner about vacuum under well, I just couch. don't understand how sometimes Spanish and Portuguese are perfectly intelligible to each other and at other times it's yeah, like it's impossible. Kato's, complete- Kato's shaking their head <laughs> and there's like every every like other word is like oh that's the same oh fuck what the fuck are you saying yes yes <laughs> I don't understand how I can tell them like okay like this go to this room but don't clean this room I don't understand and all add all that is intelligible and then i'm like hey the uh like the glass on the mirror uh is cracked don't don't worry about it and i don't understand how like glass and mirror are completely different <laughs> no and just- i'm just like well i don't even i can't even begin <laughs> to tell you what the word is and google's no fucking help because it's just like throwing up a usage of glass at the wrong context and they're just like what what are you talking about yeah so <laughs> uh yeah it is it like i'm sitting there i'm like I just don't understand. I feel like we understand each other, but then yes, every other word, it is like uh, a chaos element is introduced. <laughs> um, and so you end up playing charades, but uh, yeah. So like exhausted from that. And then, uh, you know, going up to New Hampshire, I was, I was staying at the, at a very Alan Wake uh, time up in, up in the woods. <laughs> um, it took me a moment to figure okay? out your tweet. Like I just like read it without pro- like processing it like freaking as you search through twitter you're not actually doing context you're just yeah just scrolling through and i see the picture and i see the well frank i saw you use an emoji and i'm like what like rob rob is not an emoji person and <laughs> and so i like scrolled past it, it was like pretty photo and then i was like but he wrote like three lines he has to what's he's doing a bit I and mean, it took me a while to process the bit uh yeah went to uh, a really goddamn picturesque lake uh in in new hampshire could have been an ocean (laughs) shut the fuck up um had high (laughs) hopes that mina would discover she's a she's a water dog Mm? we did not discover that (laughs) we we discovered how cold is that water it's pretty cold but i think it's mostly mina's very fastidious 
Mm-hmm. And so like the fact that like brackish puddle was what the shore vibe kind of was just turned her off it completely. Like she looked at she looked at that lake uh, like it was just an absolute disgusting mess that I needed to clean up personally before she would go any 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 closer to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and but I got I, like I was absolutely ruined the entire time I was there because it turns out I have become an old man who is completely dependent on his fucking CPAP machine to live. And I forgot one little component to that little fucker. Oh, no. Uh, and so I couldn't use it. And I was like, you know, I never wanted to use a CPAP machine. Uh, surely someone as robust and young and vital as I am uh, <laughs> will thrive on this clean night air uh, in New Hampshire. Um, it's the toxins that have been messing me up. The city toxins. <laughs> the city smog. So I snored so hard <laughs> that every time I woke up, my throat felt like there were knives in it. Um, no. Oh, yeah. You've invented a new kind of fucked up to be. Yep. Uh, snored so hard. I like <laughs> like I hurt my throat and somehow my ear canal uh, where I was just like, uh, like I, I woke up praying for death. And then I would check a uh, little fitness tracker. Like, how am I sleeping? And it's like, you're not effectively. You're not, uh, you know, try to try to grind through the night wake up it's the the trackers like congratulations uh in those like seven hours you got about 35 minutes of sleep and i was like cool so that's that's how this trip is going to be <sighs> so uh i need a vacation for my vacation i was i like i was like i am just <laughs> i am trying i am trying to like be present around my parents see them once a year and i'm just like clinging to these cups of coffee and just trying to like get like figure out something anything to say like, what do you want to do you want to go hiking and i was like absolutely not no that sounds like the worst thing uh how about instead you guys hang out here and watch me gar- gargle warm salt water <laughs> if you snore so hard you shred your throat you may be approaching 40 <laughs> <laughs> thanks <laughs> fucking was that, that a jeff foxworthy yep <laughs> I cannot believe Ren. Ren is the one making Jeff Foxworthy jokes on this podcast. <sighs> it's a good bit, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. If your porch collapses and kills more than four dogs, that 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 was a good one. Oh, that's, no. that's an all timer. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so yeah, but, uh, anyway, my, my time in, my time in forest hell, uh, is, is, is over and now it is almost time for safe point heaven. Uh, so vacation from your vacation. I'm sure, you know what? I'm sure that's exactly how it's going to feel. <laughs> Just like absolutely washed from hell trip in New Hampshire, uh, a week in New York, uh, doing save point production and then save point i am i am i'm sure i'll be mightily restored uh by the end of it but uh you know i may suffer but my suffering all of our suffering (laughs) is to the benefit of our audience and to the benefit of national network of abortion funds uh so patrick you you put in everyone's been putting in tons of work especially while i was gone 
Uh, it, it feels like I left and it was like, I don't know if save point's going to happen this year. And now it's like <laughs> save point is fucking happening this year. Uh, it is. Yeah. 19th, 20th, 21st, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 10 a.m., 10 a.m., 10 a.m. Twitch.tv slash waypoint. Uh, yeah, we actually we just had a meeting where we we more or less finalized the schedule um, uh, in terms of things that uh, we're <laughs> as we're final do. as keep... a safe point schedule can really ever be. This feels pretty. I, we are like <laughs> yeah, as prepared as we've this. ever been for, yeah. for for one of these things. Um, it's just uh, inevitable that something will slip on purpose. Like it'll be a good choice to make, but it will always change. Yes. It's always mutable. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, who doesn't want to watch the Waypoint crew play Uno? I do. I'm excited. <laughs> Listen, the, we don't we don't even have to pay the tax this stream. We got that shit out earlier in the year. The <laughs> tax Ren, is done. You can't you can't be <laughs> promising we don't have to pay the tax like before we even like start building a yet. set. Have you not? Have you never like? Have you never done a done a production of Macbeth? I was gonna say, <laughs> Ren's out there saying like really excited to be in this production of Macbeth on stage. <laughs> Sorry, as you're saying, Patrick. Just Kyle, just delete it from the podcast. I have confidence in my colleagues. Right. I'll just I'll bleep it. Everyone can yeah, guess. Yeah, bleep it. Bleep it. Bleep it. Like if, if we heard it, but if it doesn't actually go out, I think we're good. Uh, uh yeah, we've we have we have a lot of a lot of cool things uh uh planned. Um uh you know, return the quarry, play some Uno, we got a Ren's rentals, we got uh you know, lots of multiplayer games, other things. I'm gonna make I'm not gonna say what it is, but I'm gonna make Rob play a game that I think is going to hurt him uh in a in a real place. But it'll be fun to watch. The the audience is gonna have a great time watching Rob play a very specific game. Um but it'll be good. Yeah, we're gonna be going for three days, you know, ten to ten to six Eastern and then taking a brief break, uh, and come back and doing various nighttime activities, some movies, some not movies, <laughs> as the case may be on on Wednesday night, but uh, got a got a handful of guests, but it's mostly us. Fortunately, or unfortunately, it's mostly us, um, and uh, I'm really excited. Uh, it's three days; it's the longest one we've done in in a while, and I I think it's gonna I think it's gonna slap. I think we're gonna have a good time. So that is that is going to be again uh, starting like Wednesday, running through Friday. Um, you know, start starting at 10 a.m. Eastern and running until who knows when. And then, of course, the mods will be having blocks yes. uh, outside of our hours as well. So I don't speaking, think... Speaking of people who have gotten too old for it, we've done Waypoint for... It's Waypoint is six years old. You know what we're too old for? Doing streams overnight. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I used to be fun that me and Austin have just open up Steam and play weird games at two in the morning, but... What if we didn't do that anymore? Uh, is, is where I'm at now. I need my CPAP time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure you got those parts, Bob. Uh, it was it was instructive. It was uh, it it made me realize I really need to pack. Like I basically just need to have a travel kit instead of the thing where you you're you're dismantling stuff you use every day yeah, and packing yeah. it all up. Gotta just oh, have a travel yeah. kit ready yes. to pack because that's where the mistakes happen. Yes, the amount of t- um o- over time, like the place my family is in Wisconsin, I the amount of money I've spent just buying duplicates of things that you pack, both mostly for the children, is like you know what, just buy a second one, leave it there. I, I I'm I am tired of going to get into a tizzy and then having to drive, you know, thirty minutes to a Walmart to buy something 
crucial for for someone so i'm i'm a big believer in the in the duplicate of a necessary well, item even if it feels sort of silly sometimes so the real hell you know honestly um <laughs> well i guess mk was was dead asleep uh dealing with dealing with migraine stuff from having cleaned the entire apartment uh and i damn near texted ren pictures of the of the two attachment points I, I was missing an adapter and like to be like, can we figure out a MacGyver-esque solution to make this hose socket on to this articulated like mask joint? Let me show you what's in the kitchen. Is there something we can do with these plastic bags, a cookie cutter, uh, and a rubber band to make Rob these just things like too Rob fit? whittling a piece of plastic in the Honestly, kitchen, like trying to make it. I think it, it would have been viable. You should you should have. I, 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 I would have helped you MacGyver this. <laughs> uh Damn, see, you know what? People said you're never going to find a use case for a 3D printer. Oh, really? Oh, really? So what you're saying is you need a portable 3D 3D printer? printer. (laughs) (laughs) If I packed my 3D printer. Mm, mm. And if it, and crucially, 3D printer is a machine. one that can make medical grade plastic. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that won't release shreds into your <laughs> also also we all know we all know that fucking 3d printers are uh usually very sturdy and don't mind mm-hmm. being bumped at all and that doesn't throw anything mm-hmm. out of whack when you uh are trying to print something so like it'll just just toss it in luggage it's fine Jesus. <laughs> uh so yeah but anyway uh look forward to safe point next week we're, we're all we're all excited for it uh this is our biggest show of the year it's been the longest we've done purpose person in ages uh it's it's gonna be a blast so so stay tuned stay tuned for that uh so patrick we've got some we've got some news here news continued to happen uh mm-hmm, at, mm-hmm. as is its want uh can you tell us a bit i've been, I've been seeing a lot of chatter about phone requirements uh being increasingly like obstructive uh when, when it comes to games and it seems like this has come to modern warfare as well yeah, we, we talked about this in a previous podcast in which uh, Ren detailed the litany of ways that Overwatch 2 was having a, a pretty rough launch. And, and the one that resulted in headlines of Blizzard hates poor people uh, was... <laughs> oh, go ahead, Ren. Uh, it's just worth noting this has since been fixed, but yes. Okay. Uh, but this th- these were the headlines coming out amongst many other uh, gripes uh, in which you, you could not use... But they were using phone authentication... Uh, for people who wanted to play the game and they were not allowing prepaid phone plans to qualify uh, for that, which was uh, hurting a lot of folks that don't want to pay, you know, for a regular monthly cellular bill. So, Ren, you're saying this has since like this totally since been, been squashed? I believe so. Yeah, I've got a I got a press email uh, a couple days ago that was like, hey, listen, we've we we have tamped this down. They have patched it out. Um, I can, I can get the, I can pull up the details as you, uh, talk about. Yeah. The, if you want to do that, while I, while I point out that, um, uh, according to there's an article for PC gamer, um, pointing out that, uh, modern warfare two now has the same requirement. Um, now granted this is coming under the same company, um, albeit a company in the, you know, in the, in the process of being, uh, in theory acquired, uh, by Microsoft, but, uh, that yes, uh, there there's a line um, in the phone notifications for Modern Warfare 2 uh, that uh, Modern Warfare 2 is also going to require uh, a phone number and and specifically will not. I think the the line here is uh, quote mobile phones with prepaid plans may not work with the phone notification service. Uh, and then I guess during the Modern Warfare 2 beta, there were folks that tried to use prepaid uh, plans and it did not work. 
So uh, the update is, uh, according to uh, an email I got from a PR person over at Blizzard, uh, they are removing the requirements for existing Overwatch players. Um, right. So if I you- think that's actually where we stood when we recorded it, was they were oh, like, really? okay. we pan- they panicked and were like, okay, we'll let existing Overwatch players in, but new Overwatch players are going to still require the, the phone requirement. And I, I did, did it have any clarification on whether they'll be able to massage that for prepaid plans? Or are they just saying, fuck it? Um, it looks like we will make further adjustments in this is from a forum post, uh, uh-huh. that, uh, overwatch did. Uh, we remain committed to combating disruptive behavior in overwatch Two. Accounts that were not connected to Battle.net, as well as new accounts that still have to meet SMS protect requirements, which helps to ensure we're protecting our community against cheating. If a player is caught engaging in disruptive behavior, their account may be banned whether they have a new account or not. As a team, we will keep listening to ongoing feedback and will make further adjustments in this area, if it's required. If it's required. There was also that wild, that wild bug. Um... I think it's been fixed. I don't know if at this point if refunds have been issued, but there was a bug in Overwatch that basically, I believe the way the bug was working uh, was uh, in chat, like that was causing mm-hmm. the interface to continue moving around. Yeah. And it was possible by accident to be typing a chat message and to purchase something in the store. Yes. And so people were buying cosmetics by just typing in chat. Mm-hmm. And when the bug has since been fixed quietly, uh, but at least as of when I last saw, uh, Blizzard hadn't issued like a public statement. Maybe that'll change by the time this this podcast comes out. But people who are seeking out uh, refunds were told, well, those things are final. Um, and that's like a wild thing that, that really feels like customer service not understanding what occurred and like in general, like being against issuing refunds, which is not uncommon. Like few things are like steam in which you just basically hit a button and you get a refund. Like almost every other company drags their feet because there is no like, you know, legislative like policy that says companies need to offer a refund. It's, um, but there's, that's like both very funny and very shitty that that is also, but as it feels is indicative of the real messiness that has come out of this launch. But, uh, yeah, I don't I, I don't know. I hope I hope we bully we cyber bully these companies into stopping this. I, I understand where they're coming from on using this to, you know, solve the the problem of of people. What, what was the t- smurfing, uh, smurfing like, yes. as, as we explore it? I get it. That seems like a really difficult problem to squash. Mm-hmm. This doesn't seem like the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, Buff smurf scrub nerf, baby. <laughs> Uh, actually, speaking of uh, Overwatch and Activision Blizzard, uh, there's also a new trial against Activision Blizzard, uh, which uh, uh, became right. You wrote about that for yes. Uh, it is going to. It is actually being led by the attorney Lisa Bloom, who's like a pretty well known uh, sexual harassment, like uh, attorney who focuses on sexual harassment on both sides uh, of those of those cases. Occasionally, um, has represented a lot of high profile clients. Uh, and back in December of last year, held a press conference with a woman she uh, has gone on to represent uh, about a some allegations uh, towards the company and called for more employees to uh, reach out to her um, for representation. And that first of those uh, cases has gone, uh, the uh, complaint has been sent in uh, and alleges some uh, pretty grim shit, uh, I would say. So the Activision Blizzard trials are continuing, and there was also another new trial 
uh, pushed by the EEOC uh, like three weeks ago, back at the end of September. They are doing another complaint, uh, this time pushing Title VII claims. And these trials, like, times that- all tend to dig up just like absolutely awful interpersonal texts and 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 emails from like work and and between like supervisors <laughs> and employees, right? Like that, that's kind of one of the things that emerges is regardless of how the the trials tend to shake out, they they, they do tend to unearth uh, just a, a really nightmarish glimpse of the keyhole into like what is going on inside these companies between uh, people in power and uh, yeah. people under them. Yeah, this one uh, in particular is, is, is I would say, grim. Uh, there are some real, real choice lines uh, in this uh, complaint, which if you want to read the complaint, uh, it is also linked uh, and embedded in our uh, in our piece. So you can go and like actually read the complaint yourself uh, on our website. Um. I guess, you know, speaking of uh, like court proceedings, uh, Patrick, so like the union busting allegations around Nintendo sort of sort of came back up as well this week. Yeah, and more or less, I think, are headed to a, a conclusion. Um, so for for context, uh, uh, a QA worker who was previously anonymous, but then since came forward, uh, I believe, to Axios, uh, Mackenzie Clifton. Uh, as a contract worker, which is important, um, Nintendo, like many, not just video game companies, but this is very prevalent in video game companies, especially in QA, um, in which they they outsource um, a lot of that work to uh, external contractors. So they don't actually have to treat them like employees. Um, not necessarily that being an employee means you are treated <laughs> with the best uh, 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 treatment, but uh, it is it is different than a contractor. You're in, in, in pretty much any and all cases, even the best of companies, being a contractor is you, you prefer to be the employee. Uh, and so uh, Clifton uh, was alleged they were fired uh, for uh, supporting a labor union. Um, they uh, alleged that Nintendo was, you know, engaging in a, in a sort of a form of union busting. Um, and Nintendo disputed this uh, at one point telling uh, Polygon that they were they were fired for divulging confidential information and. Um, and then this, you know, uh, this became a, a labor dispute that uh, has kind of gone back and forth, especially as the the contractor came forward uh, to try and uh, sort of impress a more high profile PR campaign, probably to try and force Nintendo into taking some sort of some sort of action. Uh, and uh, Nintendo ended up settling uh, with uh, Clifton uh, paying Clifton had wanted a personal apology from Doug Bowser, the president of Nintendo. That was what I thought to be a very funny requirement uh, in their settlement talks. As far as I know, it is unclear whether that personal apology happened. My guess is not. Uh, That was just a trolling bit, but it's a very good one. Uh, And uh, Aston Carter, which is the QA firm uh, that that contracts with uh, Nintendo, um, is taking liability for the settlement. Uh, there is uh, $25,910 in back pay, damages, and interest, uh, according to the settlement documents. And Nintendo has to post a notice. This is according to the Polygon uh, uh, story. Uh, bo- quote, both an email and on-site at its office informing its QA workers of their rights under the National Labor Relations Act. The notice must be posted in full for 60 uh, consecutive days. Uh, and then Nintendo released a statement uh, as follows. Quote, Nintendo is thankful that a resolution was reached in the NLRB matter so that we can continue to focus on ensuring that our 
working environment remains welcoming and supportive for all employees and associates. That approach is fundamental to our company values. As part of the public settlement, all parties remain obligated not to disclose Nintendo's confidential business information and trade secrets, which are paramount to our development process and product offerings. Uh, kind of sounds like they're this way to read that statement is you said you said some stuff publicly that we didn't like. You hit us with the union charge and response. We would like this to go away. So here's 30 grand. So this can go away. Um, uh, and that that seems to be where we where we end up here. And I think but, but like the broader takeaway is uh, the video game industry, like most industries, is going to continue treating its contract workers like shit unless unless applied any measure of pressure uh, as occurred here. Yeah, it's um, like I think part of it is uh, th- these companies, like in general, the th- there's kind of two tracks that that they tend to take. I mean, part of it is they want to they want to make it seem like you know raising these issues will be futile in terms of like achieving the the end you want. Uh, but then, boy, they sure do want to make these things go away uh, as well mm-hmm. and 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 make them disappear. And uh, like it's 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 funny seeing companies try to sort of like maintain that twin track approach uh but i'm I'm not sure how i'm not sure how viable it is um i'm thinking partly about uh an apple store just unionized right uh and and now sort of apple i think is pointedly leaving benefits to every other store um mm-hmm. but the one that unionized um yeah i'm not i'm fully up on i know that apple is going through that with a number of of, of stores starbucks already did that right they did the same thing where they right. they they extended benefits to a bunch of uh, non-unionized stores saying, uh, well, we just can't, well, we're in the middle of negotiating a contract. We, we certainly could not extend these benefits to you. It's, it seems like a pretty common right. tactic. But for, also for it, you might as well just like hang a, you know, like hang a flashing sign on that says like, right. Things uh, could be better. Yeah, there is a quite a bit more that we could be giving up. We could be doing quite a bit better in unionization is pushing it to us. But now we are trying to now we're it's all low hanging fruit, yeah. too. It's it's not even though it's like massive reform or revolution in pay and benefits. It's it's stuff that's on the table. They just don't want you to look at the table. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's never the stuff that like an actual union addresses like ever, like especially in like terms of like day to day. In terms of day to day, like the the things that a union can do for like altering, you know, for example, at a Starbucks, the like workflow there is way more significant than anything the company will ever fucking offer you. Well, right. It's 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 always most commonly, would you like a little bit more money and some more days off and just hoping that's enough to dissuade right. people from from pressing the issue further? Yeah. Um, and then, Patrick, one other, one last thing uh, just regarding like the 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 fallout from like the the end of the stadia era uh you know we're telling like a lot of other games exist on other platforms etc et uh but you know you, you had you had here in the show notes uh there's one game that's just like only on stadia i mean there are a number of games that are exclusive to stadia um in which developers are trying to jump through the hoops to possibly have a future for those games like q games um known for the pixel junk uh series most famously had a Stadia exclusive game that they are trying to negotiate to be able to take off uh, of Stadia and like have, uh, you know, to own and put on a different uh, platform. They yeah. successfully did that with the Tomorrow Children just recently, which was uh, a PS3 uh, like creation collaboration. I don't even know what that game actually is. Like I've seen screenshots of it, uh, but I've never actually played it myself. But I know the people who played it quite liked it. I think Austin ranks ranks among them. I feel like Austin has talked about that game before, but uh 
And they managed to convince Sony to give them the rights to that so they could re-release it, despite the fact that Sony had shut down the servers for it. Um, but there's a game like, uh, I, I didn't play this game. It's from Splash Damage, who, uh, what's the most recent thing Splash Damage has done um, that people would actually know? Because I really doubt it's this game, <laughs> Outcasters, on, on Stadia. Uh, well, they, they collaborated with the Coalition on Gears of War. What's the last original game they made? Well, Enemy, Terry, Enemy Territory Brink? Quake Wars. <laughs> that, well, that's, that, that's one. Yeah, I mean, the Splash Damage is like uh, a studio that... Brink, right, yes. Yeah, the Enemy Territory, like, coming out of sort of the oh. mod scene around the Quake stuff. Gears and, Tactics. Yeah. Gears Tactics. And that's that's a great game. Gears Tactics is, is, a, is a great game. But yes, they do come out of the Quake mod community. That's how they yeah. kind of got formalized as a studio. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they put out a statement that said, uh, dear stadians, hmm, it is with a heavy heart that we inform you that we do not have plans to bring Outcasters to other platforms at this time. Outcasters was designed and built exclusively for Stadia with many of its systems heavily reliant on the platform, significantly increasing the complexity of the work required. We still firmly believe that cloud gaming is a bright future in our industry, providing easier access to games than ever before. We are encouraged to see that other platforms still champion the cause. As our final thank you to all the support us, we put together a short video showing a rare behind-the-scenes look at the various stages of development of uh, Outcasters from its humble beginnings to today. Thank you, Splash Damage. Um, you know, maybe the case that that game didn't catch fire and that they actually did, they crunched the numbers and said, it's like, we could do this, but it's not, it's not worth it. Um, and that is totally un- understandable. It is not uh, this studio's job to port their game for histor- the historical record. But because alongside Stadia going under, it's not like Google announced. And by the way, we're releasing like the executables for these games so that people can maintain them and and possibly, at least for, for history's sake, have a copy of them. Like this game is just going to disappear absent splash damage. It's like sliding a hard drive over to Frank Cifaldi and being like, hey, here you go. Uh, and like there's no way like you can't just. You can't save a copy of this game. There's nothing, you know, there is nothing you can do. It's just going to vanish. And like, that's, that's just sad broadly. I I have no idea if this game was any good, but the fact that this is a possible future for games, yeah. uh, sucks. Game looks, I think it looks cute. It's like a, looks fine. Yeah, it's, it's, kind of a, it's a good dev. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that. I feel like this is what gets said about a lot of splash damage games. Is like the people yeah. who play them are like, "This is really good," but they tend to be making like their games didn't used to be niche. But it's one of those things where, as like the, just the sheer scale of a lot of games, the audience they have to yeah. attach mm-hmm. has become kind of like nichier mm-hmm. and nichier. Uh, well, and they, and they became yeah. a collaborative studio that works a lot with like they right. became a support studio um, while still remaining. Yeah. Uh, independent um i really hope they get to work on oh this uh, gears tactics too that that game oh this game has i like uh, that game has twitch integration has the the audience can choose to do shit mm-hmm. to fuck with you <laughs> mm-hmm. Crap. What, if, what if we played this on stream before R- this R- R- uh, yes january 28th exactly last time goodbye same way that people go on mm yeah when people go on mmos and like want to be there as as like the the pixels come crashing down yeah waypoint's gonna be there on outcasters yes yes hits the bricks that's a good idea that's a good bit mark that down in your calendar uh kato yeah you should return to that uh 
Speaking of returning, let's take a quick break and then hit the second half of the show. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And we're back. Uh, so, Ren, uh, and I think Kato as well, you've been playing mm. a game that certainly looks what I would call fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, we, got, we have to. We tell have me, to. Tell I, me I, of I Marauders. Rob, okay. <sighs> so, Marauders is an extraction shooter set in a, uh, alternate alternative history of the Cold War. Uh, in which humanity managed to make it to space and do a lot of shit in space by the 1990s. And then we blew up Earth. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Whoopsie-daisy. <laughs> um, so Earth is gone. Uh, and now what is left are assorted military bases, former prisons, uh, converted space stations filled with uh, SAS operatives uh, escaped convicts, raiders, um, the list goes on. And you are a marauder, a member of a pirate organization uh, that is going through stealing shit and doing contracts for a variety of factions. Uh, your goal is to pilot your shitty garbage little ship. It sucks so bad. Ooh, you <laughs> hate, ooh, you hate your little ship. It's terrible. It's for little rats. And you take your little spaceship, which looks like a submarine, and you pilot it up to the station, you go in the station, and then you run around with your little rat hands, and you pick up and you pick up all the items you can, and then you get shot in the back of the head from someone with a rifle, like 30 feet away from you, and then you do it again. It is tremendous. Kai, you've been playing a bit as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's... Uh, there's, um, it's like, so it's called Kato, Marauders because, yeah, what's up? Have you been playing solo or with a group? Solo. Okay, I've also been playing solos. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, a, a thing to note about the ship section of this game, right? Like, you spawn in on a ship is, like, yeah. that I really love is, uh, but is also, um has bitten me in the ass once is this uh you can eject from your ship when you're like being shot or just because you want to breach you can breach other people's ships right in the middle of the air like a like a fucking pirate breaching basically um and it's uh it's really interesting that they have these kind of two modes honestly of like 
there is there is a there's a, a a game plan where you can try to like wait out and like catch people on the way like on the way out once they've already looted everything mm-hmm. where you like basically take all their shit and their ship or trying to I once got into a fight with um somebody who had upgraded a ship and it went poorly it went extremely poorly um and uh cuz they had like a, it was like a frigate it was like easily twice the size of my yeah. ship and I like ran uh ran into them basically on accident because they were hiding very well amongst the 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 asteroids and the in 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 the field and like I was like when I turned to them they were already smoking I didn't know what was going on and oh I, was this the NPC ship no this wasn't this was all players uh how many th- people were there they were like well, here's the thing. I got on thinking like I'm solo, right? Like it must be just one player with a fucking. Um, but it turns out I missed this, and I didn't realize until I like I like later ended up bailing on the ship itself. Was there were like easily three other uh, single player ships all had, that had all been shot down by this one frigate, but everyone had breached at the same time. So the this one ship became its own kind of like deathmatch like arena as everyone was trying to steal the giant frigate from whoever owned it but uh i took enough damage and i like had too many like good things on me that i was like fuck it i'm I'm just out and like this was after like an hour of like eating shit and like losing slowly draining all of my resources over time so at that point i was like I feel like if I had done that a couple rounds earlier i might have stuck out for the fight and seen like maybe i can get a couple kills and like It'll be worth it for the XP because there is an XP uh, like track that it kind of works as a sort of you can still make progress even if you die by getting kills or like doing certain objectives. Uh, There's also contracts, things that you can kind of do that are side objectives that if you if you end up dying before you extract, there's it's not a completely lost match, essentially, which is really nice for this type of game. It's like. It doesn't alleviate the tension so much that there is no tension. Like, that's still there. Like, your items do kind of matter a lot. But it's not quite the, like, the way Tarkov, for instance, delights in being like, ha-ha, you're losing everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's, like, no, you made negative progress, actually. It's like, no, you can still make some progress in different ways, like, in the crafting, like, upgrades and uh, in your contracts and stuff like that. I I think it is. I think it is worth uh putting the putting the actual game part into context here in terms of like where the rest of the genre is at extraction shooters things like escape from tarkov hunt showdown are all pretty deliberate games uh and i would say that like to a degree marauders is deliberate but it feels so much scrappier and like that's the thing Mm -hmm. that sets it apart for me is that it's using this um like cold war um kind of taped together aesthetic to really lean into the scrappiness of its combat. When you are going into a fight, you are frequently... um, The time to kill varies wildly between, like, if you have a rifle, like a a single-action, bolt-action rifle, right? Or a semiotic rifle, you can kill people even if they're heavily armored in one headshot, maybe two. If you have an SMG, you can kill an unarmored opponent in, like, one burst but they're wildly inaccurate and these spaces are pretty tight. And so you have these fights where you know that one good burst will kill someone and one good burst will kill you too. 
but the weapons are so unreliable that they lead to this like scrabbling kind of combat that will take you through room after room as you're like, okay, cool. I got a couple shots off. I need to run the fuck over here and hope that I can get a better position to maybe get another few shots off. And it creates this really um, excellent cat and mouse game, Mm -hmm. which the game manages to supplement with its audio. Like Hunt Showdown, you can hear other players' footsteps. Here's the difference. These maps are so much more vertical than Hunt's. And so you can sometimes hear like half a dozen sets of footsteps and like two other team fights going on on the other side of the map. And you're not quite sure where they are. You're not sure if they're on the same floor as you, if they're below you or if they're above you. And it creates this like really desperate sense of I need to get shit Mm -hmm. and get out because there are more people in here than I can deal with. Um, And that that sense of scrappiness kind of pervades through every aspect of the game for me yeah uh, in a way that i really love um kato for example one of those ships uh that you're talking about those frigates mm-hmm. uh, i came across one that was an npc ship and i'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm wondering if because the thing you're describing is that is an that is an event okay. uh is that sometimes you can stumble across a ship that is a actual uh special operations frigate um that you can stumble across uh they blew me up almost instantly uh, and I and I breached the ship. So did two other players. I didn't know this. <laughs> and so I'm going through this ship, which had, exactly I believe, me, yeah. eight NPCs in it. It had eight NPCs, all of whom had endgame armor. Like, we are talking armor that, like, my dinky little pistol, which is all I had, because I, on a previous run, I'd lost all my shit. So all I have is this 1908 Luger uh, with 9mm rounds. And I go in with this Luger... And I start, you know, doing doing my business in this ship, uh, and I find one guard, and his back is turned to me, and I just unload a full clip as quick as I can. Recoil goes wild. It's enough. Seven bullets into his armor. He drops. He has a rifle on him. I pick up the rifle, and I start to gun game my way through this special operative ship, being like, okay, cool, every person I take down, I have to take their weapon and incorporate it into the rest of this fight. Uh, And I go through, I take out nine of the NPCs, and then I hear more gunfire upstairs. And I realize I am not alone in the ship, there are two other players. Um, So I'm fighting, I get up to the second floor of the ship, I see a person, I peek around the corner, bop, bop, gone. Uh, go further. I get to the main control room. I'm like, great, cool. I've gotten to the helm of this ship. I found the leader. I've stolen the war bonds. I've stolen the supply crates here. I am ready to go. And then someone else walks into the room with me. And I turn with the trench shotgun that I picked up earlier, fire two shots, and then I fucking run. Uh, I take him out, and then I'm just in this ship alone. Because I I run before I realize he's dead. And then I the quiet sits in and I'm like, holy shit. I don't hear any more footsteps. I just soloed a frigate by being the littlest freak who's ever been. (laughs) And that was the moment that really sold me on the game. Um, so like that, in that scenario where you've totally like cleared the ship, you've like, what do you get for doing that? Like, cause, uh, cause obviously here you did not have to fall back to your ship and make, make your getaway with like whatever you'd sort of scooped up along the way. You had full control of the frigate. I couldn't because okay. this is, this is not the space station. The space station you can evacuate from. 
with uh with you can go back to your ship i had abandoned my ship to take on a frigate which is distinct from a space station right so i only had what i could carry because the frigate had already been disabled so i couldn't steal the ship the ship's broken you can't repair it i can't i no okay the the this the style of frigate that i was in you cannot repair okay uh and i was like fuck well i gotta go uh and so i found an escape pod but Before I went, I loaded up my bag with the best equipment I could. And that was the thing of being like, okay, I've got endgame armor. I've got a really stellar rifle. I don't have ammunition for it because 5.56 ammo is really hard to come by. Um, Actually, no, 7.62. 7.62 ammo is really hard to come by. Um, I got to go. So I fuck off. I leave. I, I fully kitted out. I feel excellent. I go into my next game and I'm like, I'm kitted out. I'm feeling good. I've got full armor. I walk in. I see one NPC. I'm like, huh, I can handle a fucking NPC. Are you kidding me? I'm a bad <laughs> bitch. I just took out an entire ship, an entire frigate. Thank you very much. That man had a long rifle. And then he fired three shots and I was on a quarter of my health. And he was dead. But I was on a quarter of my health, and I was like, I'm fine. No. I've got armor. No. I don't I didn't bring any med supplies with me. No. Because I need my I need space in my bag for looting. <laughs> I can heal myself. And then another NPC walked in the room and I was like, I've got a shotgun. I'll shoot this dude with a shotgun. And that didn't fucking work. I missed. <laughs> I missed with my shotgun. And then he shot me and I died. And I lost all that shit. And it yep. sucked. Yep. And that's when I was like, this game rules. The loop actually works because before then I had been doing shit runs where I got nothing out of it. And this was the one where I was like, okay, cool. I got something out of this and then I lost it all. And, and the loop works. Yeah. It's, it's really great. Like the, 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 I was worried when you were telling the story about you on the frigate that you heard no steps being like, Oh, does this end with someone hiding in a corner? Fucking getting your ass because that's the other thing is like you can mostly trust the silence but like more than more than a few times i've walked around a corner and been like oh fuck there's someone there uh that they're just they heard me first right like it's a little bit of like who who realizes that they're not alone first will sometimes get the jump but the i like i do like there's something very interesting going on too with the spaces where like a lot of the maps have a very like some of them are are mostly corridors and very crowded, but there's a bunch, there's a fair few that I played in that have some surprisingly long sight lines around certain corners. Like there's kind of like these, you know, little groups of rooms and then like a long uh, like hallway that will completely change the way you have to like traverse the space um, because the, the, the you really, really feel the distance limitations of different guns like very mm-hmm. intensely in this game. The other note is that unlike Hunt Showdown, uh, which has an in-game map, and knowing each map is for me, like, the key to being a better Hunt player is learning each map in, like, intimate detail. Um, That has been, like, one of my favorite things about uh, playing Hunt a lot with Matthew Galt is being like, okay, cool, I know how to orchestrate and, like, manipulate a fight in this particular location very well, and that's a great feeling. The thing that I find interesting about Marauders is that its maps are mirrored over axes. So, like, one end of the base looks exactly the same as the other end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, like, 
mirrored across like four <clears throat> axes or so. Uh, and so it means that spaces feel indistinct from one another. And when you're having one of those messy, scrabbling gunfights that I mentioned earlier, you can be sprinting through and suddenly find yourself on the other side of the base in a room that looks identical to the one you started it. And you're like, oh my God, where the fuck am I? And then yeah. you check and your oxygen is ticking down. And you're like, okay, I either have to find my way back to where I came from, or I have to hunt down another player, steal their captain's key card, and go out through their airlock. And like that sense of getting lost and and getting consumed in these spaces that are so much bigger than you and so much deadlier than you is rewarding in a way that is extremely distinct from something like Hunt uh, mm. or even something like Tarkov, which encourages like technical mastery. Where Tarkov is like be a technical master of all of these systems, Marauders is like improvising the in the most chaotic way possible whoever fights the most chaotically will probably win i i i got that one that one thing you just mentioned the the captain's key card which is a a system that i didn't fully grok and then i i learned the hard way about how those work because one time i had a, a, a like air fight before like as soon as i spawned in somebody was already firing on me in in the ship i had this 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 uh fight we both basically killed each other and i saw them eject but i hadn't destroyed their ship so i like breached theirs and stole it because mine ship was like disabled and theirs wasn't and yeah you see where this is going ren and then i i you know docked at the station uh turned around like i always do to make sure i remember where i'm docked so when i escape the station i can get back there have a w- amazing run I had like easily like I think it was like six NPC kills and like three like other people kills and I'm like okay that's enough I've got I'm loaded on a bunch of shit I'm running back I get back to the dock I hit the button to open the airlock wrong wrong captain's key card I'm like what what do you what do you mean wrong captain's who and I go back I have to start crawling searching because in this game basically you have like a a a, a, a a specific item that allows you to uh exit a space station with a ship right um you don't need it to fly a ship if you breach it if you breach it and you get to the controls you can fly whoever's ship but once you're at the station it requires that specific key card that usually the captain holds in order to uh leave the space station <laughs> a thing that i didn't know until then uh and then i have to I I had like fucking I had like two minutes of oxygen left and I'm just scrambling. I'm like, is one of these dead bodies the motherfucker that owns that ship? I never found out because mm-hmm. I I tried to pick him up and just I ran out of oxygen. I didn't have oh. enough time. You didn't find an escape pod? <laughs> I, I should have just but I couldn't I didn't know the map well enough to to know where they were. Like I yeah. I hadn't been on this one and then like I was like, I remember where the bodies are at least. Maybe I can make it back in time. Um, stealing someone's ship and leaving the keys behind is <laughs> yeah, such a just, such a fucking beautiful uh, way to die. It was such a such a good I couldn't cell even phone. be mad. I was just like, damn, I forgot. <laughs> uh I forgot my keys. <laughs> yeah. Well, this looks this looks awesome. Uh I'm 
I'm definitely gonna have to have to give this a a shot. I, I also I I do love seeing uh some of the like fun ideas that crop up in places like Star Citizen that will never turn into functional parts of a functional <laughs> game, uh, just turn into completely independent games in yeah. their own right. Where somebody's like, you know, what's awesome is like hostile boarding actions. Yeah, and they are. You should just make the whole make a whole game <laughs> about hostile boarding actions uh, and see what happens. Uh, I'm, I'm glad. I am glad uh, someone did. Um, Ricardo. Yeah, I see a game here. Literally has your name on it, but also it just sounds like it had your name on it. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> card cowboy. Card cow. Card cowboy. Uh, this is a very cute and fun little game. Let me get you all a link. Uh, which I forget where I even saw it, but it's like okay, yes, an uh another roguelike uh deck builder i gotta check it out especially because it was like three dollars i was like oh shit this is so cheap why is this cheap let's let's see how if i can talk about this game but um it's really it's really interesting it's a um a story of revenge set in a western you know cowboy setting where you basically start off and like uh there's a like gunman who 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 killed your father and you're chasing after him um and you have the kind of standard uh, initial setup of like a map with nodes that you pick to go to on a rogue, like, you know, when you're doing a roguelike. But when you get there, what actually happens is and uh, is there's like a, a bit of story text, kind of like the way that events usually work on, like something like, say, the Spire, right? It's all like there's some story set up and then you have to do something. And the thing is that this is every node in this game. Um and the way that you uh, kind of make your way through this world is that you get like a bit of story information and you have a choice for like, okay, what of the cards that you have in your in your hand, because all you have is really just a hand of cards, uh, will you use to uh, make it through this scenario? So um, one example is uh, you, you wind up at a farm and the farmer... Uh, ask you to like uh like help out basically with with their yard work or whatever and like you have to pick some item that you're holding in order to either help them or try to steal from them or like it depends it's, it's all like uh yeah it is, everything, is everything contextual on like a story you're telling yeah. about yourself so I, I, so i'm wondering an example from a screenshot i'm, I'm yeah, yeah. this so like you you find someone uh uh, this is a familiar face is the is like the log line right at a crossing of the road a lone gunman riding a black horse meets your gaze he speaks through a cigarette hanging from his mouth morning wait you know him when you were six he wooed your mom killed your dad and kicked yes. your dog he asks do i know you show him something to remind him who you are and the cards you have are horse lasso and whiskey, whiskey. <laughs> yes and so this is actually that that specific one is the first uh the, that's the first thing that all of these start out with um and oh that's the no, that's how every story starts yes. oh, that, okay this every is game the, opens with, the, with the stranger on the road yes every game and like it, this is who's had sex with your mom and killed your dad that's how we're starting <laughs> yeah, every he, just, he just pitched woo at her we don't know yeah if. woo woo okay. <laughs> oh, okay he did kick a dog though that's just fucking horrendous i can't believe it <laughs> Wait, so look, like, I don't know mom and dad's relationship. Yeah. Maybe mom should be out exploring. I'm not I'm not condemning her. Um 
And so, yeah, so you can see there, there's like a little square. You drag your card that you're going to choose. And like, there's always, what's what's great about it is that there is a lot of different cards and there's always some sort of new response when you place them into whatever scenario. Even if you like see a repeat scenario, you put something else in there, there's like another new thing and it's all very tongue in cheek and goofy and like, They've just like, it's kind of an astounding amount of variance, which is really fun. So like I played it, uh, you can like finish a run of the game in like 20 minutes. So I played it a couple times Ooh. at this point. And like the second time I spent, uh, what's, what's, what's interesting is that you don't get locked out of path choices when you make a choice to go down the branching nodes of the map, right? You can actually just go back and choose the other one just to see what happens at that other node and I, at a certain point i started doing that just to play around with like okay what does this place do like what is the story beat here what sort of goofy shenanigans will i get up to if i share them lo- you're not locked into a single no. your run can you can experience all multitude the multiverse of the run yes you can just while, go while, through while choosing the can the canon <laughs> route that yeah it's like the, the the routes isn't it's not like a map with like different routes it's more like a map and then you can you can travel it as if you were traveling down a real map. It's like, just go back down the road and go up the other road instead. It's fine. Right. Um, right. Right. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. The uh, I'll give one example of a, uh, of an answer that I thought was really funny is that one time I went to a farm and it, it, the farm's son was there, like hoeing some hay or whatever. Uh, and, it's asked like, what do you want to, what do you want to show to like help them out or like whatever? And I decided to use the lasso and then it is like the, the, the farmer's son responded, Oh, this isn't my first rodeo. And then like, it implies that you uh, have a fun time with the, with the farmer's son and you get a, uh, like um you get like a bonus to your, your health or whatever. And it's just like, Okay, I didn't. I would never have guessed that that would be the outcome for like. I thought I was just gonna help him tie up some bay, hay, hay bales. Um, but yeah, it's it's very funny and very cute. Uh, it's worth checking out. It's three bucks on Steam, and it's just like there's a some of the cards are like like one time I got a card that was just a man, uh, and I had a little man following me around because uh, I saved him from like a, a bandit or whatever. And then I ended up using him in the final in the final confrontation with the gunman, and he had a very tragic death in my arms, which gave me a card that said like uh like extra revenge. Like now I have another person to get revenge for. <laughs> it's that sort of like kind of compounding goofiness that is really 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 clever and and very charming. So not really a game about dying. It's no. more about. The- <laughs> story what, yeah. what happens when you die like what is you 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 can die does the game handle fail state it's okay. just it's just like you start over but like the game is so short it doesn't really matter it's more like you died right. this way this time try again okay. next time but it's less of a punishment as much as just uh a sto- almost a, a variation on the story yeah yeah um it's yeah it's very cute and very funny uh, uh i want to read so this this game is now on steam but it started on on itch yeah. uh and i want i want to read part of the setup for this and you I'll stop just stop me when you realize why I'm reading this um it's very there's a very waypointy thing in here once upon a time there was a lone cowboy who set out to get revenge like a bloodhound he scoured the west determined to find the man who robbed him come hell or i water and while this cowboy was just a little guy yep <laughs> he ended up making some big choices 
on his journey to change his story <laughs> in go. downright mystifying yeah. mis- 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 <laughs> ways. Yeah. So. Card cowboy, just be a little guy. <laughs> that's neat. I'm gonna now that's on Steam. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put that on my Steam deck. Yeah. This seems like a oh, delightful that's, little that's perfect time yes. waster. Now, Absolutely. What they what they need to do is combine this story generation system with Call of Horror as Gunslinger, <laughs> and then and then. Man, that's a great game. That's a Love great game. fucking game. Oh, it's so good. One day we'll go back to that one. Oh. Like I feel like that got that that was part of too many. Um, like video game book clubs of yep. a certain era yeah, yeah. that it got overdone, but we're approaching. It's been long enough to to revisit. Yeah. Uh, worth worth mentioning. The I just looked at the uh, itch page as well. the The Steam version is an updated version of the thing that was on itch that has I forgot to mention full voice acting. The, a, a guy reads all of this out to you in a funny uh, Western drawl. Very it's good. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> I love this this comment from somebody about their story. Stole pistols at poker tables, free to bandit, made my horse drunk. Ten out of ten. Would throw my lasso again. <laughs> yes. But that sounds like you. You may be a card cowboy. <laughs> uh, Patrick, you know, I feel like it's not a Western story, but it is about it is about a journey. It is about <laughs> reckonings. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's about rats. You've been playing some some Plague Tale too. Yeah, a Plague Tale Requiem. I believe the first one was a Plague Tale Innocence. Innocence. I always got to respect the first installment or a game that doesn't necessarily have a sequel that gives itself uh, a subtitle. Yeah, <laughs> like I've since I've since like read that that is all SEO, basically like. When you are naming things somewhat generic phrasing, the reason you give it the sub the subtitle is so that it'll better surface a pl- a, like above people searching. Like you can imagine how a plague tale, while itself like a pretty good like name, like adding the the innocence means that you're looking for a th- this video game. So this game came out a couple of years ago. Uh, I like many others quite liked it, even beyond the fact that its broad bit was. Like, what if you were running and navigating around tens of thousands of horrifying plague-infested rats? The the setup of of uh, the first game uh, was that there's this family. Uh, this is during like during the during the you know set during the era of the plague and like the French Inquisition. And uh, this plague is like a, like roaming through, uh, like you know, just really doing a number. But in this game, it is like discovered to be that it has like sort of like supernatural or um, like bloodline. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on, but it is not just a random, you know, virus that is getting a lot of people really, really sick and they don't know how to combat it. Um, you are a brother and sister. Uh, your your brother has been sick since birth uh, and no one's quite known what to do about this sickness. And the sickness has become worse and worse as they've gotten older. Um, they are a young boy, probably like 10 10 ish something something like that uh in, in the game um and the, these rats are you know believed to be the ones spreading this plague uh throughout the cities and the countryside uh and uh you, you come to discover that actually the sickness that your brother has had that has been plaguing you might say your brother uh is connected to these rats to this horrifying disease 
Um, and it is part of like a historical, like bloodline curse, uh, sort of thing. Um, but Patrick, he's innocent. Well, we can be innocent and still guilty, um, or implicated, implicated, maybe not guilty, implicated. Mm. (laughs) Your brother is implicated in the death of seemingly millions, uh, uh, not guilty necessary, but implicated. Um, so still innocent. Um, the way the game played out was like broadly, like a very pretty, Stealth game with some uh, pretty basic mechanics, like come do a, a. Do you love pushing boxes around so you can climb up a thing? Not as much do as I love, used to, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, do you love uh, throwing torches on the ground so you can create spots so you can go past the rats? I, I, uh, I do. It was a. Uh, yeah, it was a game that traded a lot on a really like just it looks looked gorgeous. Um, the rats were. Uh, for the, the time that the game lasted, you know, like the eight to 10 hours, like the gimmick was good. It was horrifying every single time they showed up. And the notion of uh, like a big part of the game uh, in the original, and, and this is true in the sequel, is like f- the, the the rats are afraid of fire. Um, they'll stay away with you like holding a stick if you're throwing like pots that like spread fire on the ground. And that one of the ways there is combat, but like really you're not like it's a game that once you're caught, like. The jig is up like you're probably going to die. You should go back to the previous sequence and and try again. But a whole lot of what you're doing is uh, like uh, like manipulating fire to kill the people around you. So like soldiers that are hunting you. Well, if you can if you can knock out the land, you know, the the, the stick that they're holding, uh, then the rats will devour them. And the rat when the rat devours um, a carcass, whether it's a, a human that was just moments ago living and trying to avoid those rats, or as is very frequent in the Plague Tale games, you're using your, uh, not whip, uh, your, sure, oh, why am I blinking on the term? I think it's spinning around, you whip sling. a rock. A sling, a sling. Uh, you're using your sling to hit very convenient uh, chains that can be broken with a rock that will drop like a pig carcass on the ground. And like you use that to create like a path uh, through, both to avoid enemies and to avoid the rats. Uh, and I thought that game had just enough it was very rickety, but it had just enough that I got to the end and had a had a really, really good time with it. Um, and the new game, A Plague Tale uh, Requiem, is more of that. Um, uh, I don't know that its ambitions are far beyond the original game. It's broadly its promise is, did you like going in really gorgeous and often grotes- grotesquely gorgeous environments? while navigating some frequently frustratingly restrictive stealth mechanics, uh, would you like to do that again? And for the most part, I do, but this game is also longer in many, in some ways feels more restrictive, or maybe it's just that this game comes actually fairly close from to the original. Like it hasn't been like five years, you know, it's only been a couple of years since that first one, this, the sequel arrives fairly quickly in the grand scheme of things. Um, I like pretty often, uh, like what what I enjoy the most is manipulating. My favorite parts of this game are like trying to navigate the rats. Uh, my least favorite parts of the game are trying to navigate the stealth cones of enemies that I c- cannot tell what they can see, why they can see, and what will trigger them. And this is just not a game where, you know, as we pointed out many times, as, as Dia has talked about uh, in, in regards to, to stealth games, so there are stealth games where when you're caught, You've got options. Dishonored is a great example of this. Uh, in A Plague Tale, when you're caught, you do not have options. Um, uh, like one of the things it does really punishingly is 
that you'll see like the door you need to get to. And the characters will call it out like, ah, there's the door, brother, we need to get to. <laughs> and I'll just say, fuck it. Let's just book it. Like I see, I see a B, like I see a line that I can just cut through these six enemies. Mm. Why would I spend 20 minutes navigating them? Why would mm. I spend 20 minutes throwing a stone to distract them and hope that they don't turn around in time and yada, yada, yada. And you'll run, but the game requires you to have like a two or three second step on those enemies because if they interrupt your animation, you will not make it through the door. And like that's the game's zero-sum punishment for not doing the stealth correctly. So I'm watching a trailer for this right now. I'm seeing a lot of murder in this trailer. Yeah. Like like in a yes. st- like you're doing a lot of so are you are you Patrick doing a lot of murder or are you finding you are. that you are doing less murder? So uh, the game actually the game is advertising. No, there's a lot of murder. There's a lot of required murder. Um, um, the game has an interesting uh, gameplay system in which, based on how you're playing, sort of like in Ratchet and Clank, where if you fire a gun enough times, you're like, oh, you like this gun. We're going to give you new features for this gun. This game is tracking what you're doing, your play style, and then unlocks upgrades based on that play style. Mm-hmm. So if you spend a lot of time killing people... It's going to give you aggression perks that are rewards for that play style. Um, I just got a stealth per- perk that I forget exactly what it did, but like it was just it just rewarded me because I went I, I successfully made it through a stealth section without killing anyone. So it dumped a bunch of, of points into the system, and you can see the markers going up. It's a pretty neat idea to like actively sh- like show the player, hey, we're tracking what you're doing. We can track it, and rather than it being a system of like of a skill tree, we're just going to passively give you. Like cool things, similar to like in a you know an oblivion where right. like hit A to jump a hundred times and you know you'll get it's like a much cooler version of that system. Right. But um, what's also neat, I don't know where this will end up. It is a very blunt instrument uh, currently in the story. But you you play the older sister, um, and the and the little brother is frequently like separated from you or is is uh, isn't really doing a whole lot. They're mostly there as a as a support, and then occasionally the story will be like could you please summon a bunch of rats to kill these fuckers so we can get past the sequence yeah. and then you'll get a cool cutscene where it happens. But, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's an instance in which this character is cracking under the weight of a mother who wants to hand over the son who is infected to like religious zealots that are going to just lock him in a tower and, uh, a French inquisition that is constantly hounding them. And she is forced to kill so many people there's a sequence in this game where uh she just finally has it they could leave they could get out of this area and escape like the 15 soldiers that are tracking them and she says no fuck it everyone step in this room i'm gonna whip this rock in your face and i'm gonna make a stack of bodies and she's screaming as she does like she is having a like a psychological break and the voice acting is pretty decent um and they make it like a really interesting plot again i don't know how this is going to land but they are very clearly making part of this game that they are trying to incorporate the uh you know ludonarrative dissonance that is is frequently in uh games like this in which ah why did we just murder 45 people and in this game they sort of set up well you don't have to but you are going to have to murder a lot of people and this person is not going to enjoy it they're going to do it because they're trying to protect their brother and if someone was to stand in a room and just murder 12 people slinging rocks at their face, probably fuck them up. Probably like actually have like a real long lasting <laughs> implications on their mental health 
and and well-being. And so there's not a lot of nuance to it, but I will say it's like surprisingly powerful and interesting to see the game acknowledge that and to incorporate it into the story. Uh, and I'm curious to see where that lands because they are making it very obviously like a core part of the arc of the sister. Uh, and I'm uh, this game is super annoying. I find the stealth stuff to be frequently like infuriating. And yet I'm in the same place I am with the first one. It is astounding to look at. It is. I mean, like some of these like country landscapes are just I mean, it's it's like in describe like it is just so beautiful and then contrasted with these beautiful landscapes frequently will then have be disrupted by it, the way the game is scaling it now it feels like millions of rats. Um, and it has like very good, very good is maybe uh, too much, but like surprisingly good uncharted esque sequences where you are just holding down on the analog stick to run from millions of rats chasing you. And like whole cityscapes are being destroyed by these rats. They are just taking castles down uh, with them. And it's awesome. And then like you get to the end of that and it's like, now do you want to get around in the parlance of Waypoint? Seven little guys. Like, <laughs> no, I don't. Like I, I kind of don't. So I may just have to lean into being aggressive. Like yeah. and just ditching the stealth entirely. And just that that's going to be my way of mitigating some of this is the story seems to be about a character who is slowly losing control over their faculties because they've been forced into a position in which they must kill constantly to save their brother from uh, exploitation uh, from either religious zealots or killed from, uh, you know, the the government um, who seeks to lock him up and kill him. Um, so maybe I should just lean into it as the character and I can use that to sort of tamp down some of my issues with, I just wish the stealth stuff was, yeah. was better because yeah. um, the game wants you to do it. Like, like the aggression isn't, uh, is, is clearly not the intended path. Um, but uh, it doesn't feel sufficiently better than it was in the first game. And my understanding is this game is like twice as long, right? So it's like 15, 16 hours. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the trailer that I'm watching is, 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 is very aggression heavy, but it's the kind of like stealth, then aggression, then back to stealth. And I wonder if that is where the game actually shines. Is, yeah. Is, is yeah. The... Like I haven't, un- I haven't unlocked it yet, but like there's a, a <laughs> it's a, per- it's a perk. It's an upgrade path in which you can kick motherfuckers into a fire. <laughs> um, just push them in. Uh, and, uh. Yeah, so maybe maybe that's the path I'm gonna have to go. So it's one of those. If you liked the first game, this is more of it. Um, if you didn't like the first game, there's nothing for you here. Like there are more pushing crates to jump on top of things. There are more navigating simple puzzles. I I like that stuff. Um, um, or it's it's enough, and everything else is 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 working to to push me along. But it it is it is more of what you had before, and like I said, if that didn't work before, this one isn't gonna is gonna work again. But if you if you if it's been long enough, you're like, yeah, I could do that for, I could do that again. Um, it does this on a grander scale, and I'm quite liking it so far, despite my reservations. Um, that's just, that's, that's I you know I was I was sort of my expectation was fully gonna be like, and I'll bet they're really gonna like nail nail an expanded vocabulary of of mechanics and such next time around like more and the fact that it's the fact that it's like the things they're good at they're 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 great at but also the things they were weak on they did not improve they didn't they didn't fix they didn't solve it no i think you know i think they've given you i don't think there was a 
it's been, you know, a minute since I played the yeah. original game. But like in this one, you get access to a crossbow. And I, I finally have that about six hours into the game. And so, you know, here is another avenue of death. Yeah. I don't have a ton of the arrows, but the, it is yeah. something I can use. I am praying to, next week you come back and it's actually a boomer shooter uh, by the by the end of the game. <laughs> like, and then I found what? an automatic crossbow and the game's getting pretty weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I just it, it's also a game that I might be. Because the game seems like it's it's it feels very transparently communicating to you, do the stealth. But I'm also have too much too many ingredients. Like it's a game where you're you're, you're making lots of um, like I can create a fire that I can either throw with my hand a short distance, um, throw with uh, uh, oh damn I forgot the word again. Ren, sling. help me. Sling. Sling. <laughs> it's the bane of my existence. Sling. Uh, you can sling it further, but that creates noise. Um, or you can put it in a pot and then like that spreads out, you know, in a kind of a circular area uh, nearby to you. I, I'm just not using that stuff enough. And so maybe I think the game doesn't do enough to be like, hey, maybe you should kill some more. But also that's because like so if there's seven enemies, I don't have enough to kill seven. Or like by the time three rush me. I'm screwed, but you can't, they, they do have new abilities in this one that weren't present in the, in the, in the first game where you essentially have, it's not called oil. Uh, I forget what the, how they term it, but it's basically like you can put a splatter on the ground and then you can light that. And so you could bait, you know, a number of enemies to come near you, uh, in order to, uh, to take them out. I will say that just last little point, cause I just reminded it here is that I did just get access to a feature that the brother has, which is like, I hold down on the D pad and the game wants you to wants to give you like a you know like a heat map you know like where are the where are the enemies around mm. you like how can we how can we do that and the game came up with a narrative conceit which um i think is cool yeah, which is the brother is finally just leaning into i can feel the rats and so he puts his hand to the ground and can feel the movements of the rats and then the longer you hold down on the d-pad the further he can feel the rats out and the further it will apply that you can see like you know a shimmery version mm. of of the soldiers it's it's very i was like look sometimes you don't need to force this stuff that's not forced that's just that's just great uh, does it feel like this game's gonna ever address the fact that your brother does undeniably have some bad vibes <laughs> maybe the kid just has bad vibes yeah maybe the kid sucks <laughs> the kid does not suck uh the kid the kid has been manipulated since birth um by a bunch of bad oh, people Patrick, that's that the dad the kid is, says the kid doesn't suck uh, but look but <laughs> But also, the kid is responsible for the deaths of millions. So, I, uh, you know, you know when they when the when the religious folks say maybe we should lock him up in a tower and study him, you know, I don't know if that's the the that's the ticket. But <laughs> but you see how you get there. But if he fall, fell off a cliff and then we studied his body afterwards, you know, you know, from a utilitarian standpoint, like that would be probably a dub for yeah, humanity. I mean, yeah, we like we like. There's a sequence in this game where like mild spoilers if you're gonna if you're gonna play this, but. Like you, you go to a town, a big city that is supposed to be salvation. Two hours in, it's you have killed everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Is, is this yeah. is the game giving gender bent Last of Us? <laughs> like, or is it giving gender fuck Last of Us? Except is Ellie a... isn't just exuding clouds of plague. This is yeah. this is like <laughs> this is like <laughs> if she's just running around like rubbing the little wound on everyone's drinks. Yeah, there's yeah, at, at least in that at least in Last of Us, there's the the notion that you know she could be the the key to unlocking a great hope. Right, right, like, right, right, no, right, 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 right. He, this is the opposite with this little boy. Like there, there, nothing in the game. 
again, I've it's been a minute since I played the original. I don't think there's anything that implies, well, if we finally just understood what he was doing, the rats could help us. No. <laughs> I think it's just that the rats are bad. Right. I just mean and, also in terms of the 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 idea that you are choosing the child over the expense of quite yeah. literally every single other human yeah. being that exists. Yeah, no, that is that that is happening here. Um uh and I don't know that it's reflected in necessarily the characterization, but the events surrounding you are certainly painting a picture that maybe this is not throughout. Maybe that's been addressed though. Maybe it has been addressed that killing him wouldn't solve things. I don't I don't remember all the plot beats from from the first one. Um, I have another clarifying question. Uh, are you like mm. interacting with other like are, are do you does the, do these characters have friends? Have they like have they like made like a little group of companions who kind of get sure churned through by the rats? Uh, like your your family gets slaughtered at the beginning of the first one, and that's why the brother and sister go on the run. Rip. And then by the end, you have sort of like a. I don't want to get into all the stories, but there's like a mixture of family found family. Um, and the first one ends on like a really hopeful note. Uh, like cool, let's go find a new home. <laughs> womp, and then the, womp, the second game is like, nah, like whatever. There are more rats though. <laughs> uh, Patty, you can play something else here. Uh, score. You want to tell us a little bit about that before we? dive for the uh, question bucket yeah scorn is uh, a long development uh first person uh, horror adventure horror i don't know about horror but uh adventure game but is heavily indebted to uh geiger like essentially what if someone took the aesthetic of the alien spaceships and then like made a whole uh like uh like adventure game out of it. So uh, Scorn is finally coming out. I think it'll, I don't know if it's out. I think it'll be out when this podcast uh, is, is available um, and it's going to be on, it's going to be on game pass. I've, I've been looking forward to this for a while. Like I love that aesthetic. We just talked about alien. I was reminded how much like that Geiger, uh, everything about the vibes on those spaceships and what Geiger contributed, contributed is like super cool. And so the notion of, Hey, let's just make, a whole environment built out of that stuff. Uh, sounds pretty neat. Um, the setup for Scorn is, well, I don't really know. Um, the the It's very vague on the details, uh, which is okay at the start, but uh, is increasingly kind of hot as we go along, which I can get into very briefly. Uh, but imagine, the best I can tell is, um, imagine, so in The Matrix, the robot's, start harnessing our bodies for the electricity, mm-hmm. right? Like that's how it works out. Yeah. What if the robots were harnessing and manipulating our flesh? And so <laughs> you think you're a, a human, <laughs> but then if you were to be ejected from that rea- that virtual reality, it would turn out your body's real fucked <laughs> and has been gutted and transform flesh in bad places, holes in spot where they're not supposed to be, big, big gaps in your body. <laughs> Just a real upsetting. If if you um, if anyone's rewatched the original Hellraiser, uh, Frank, when his flesh is ripped off him and he is reconstructed, yeah. uh, it look kind of looks like that. Sick. Um, and so imagine you woke up to discover, oh, this is me now. Now I I don't know I'm. I'm not implying there's a virtual reality. I'm just sort of yeah. like, that's kind of, you just sort of wake up. Yeah. Your flesh is a nightmare. Oh, I'm Draugr now. Yeah. And then you begin uh, exp- exploring. Um, and 
my I have not followed this super closely other than seeing the trailers and all the trailers are really about look at this cool environment you're going to explore. And my thought was, yeah, I'd love to do that. And the opening cutscene of this, you know, has like all these. It's like you see a big tower and it's like, oh, you're clearly going to have to go off to that tower. And it's like, OK, what happened to this place? I'm ready to find out. Who am I? Why is the flush all fucked up? Like, let's go. And then 30 seconds into this game, it's like, I don't know. You want to solve a sliding block puzzle? God damn it. I'm like, what? Fuck. <laughs> uh, do I what? And then it's like, cool, you solve that. Are the blocks made of flesh like, at least? You, uh, it is gross. I, <laughs> yes. All the aesthetics of all the puzzles are tremendous. Great. Uh, <laughs> like, then you solve, then you, you know, you solve a block puzzle and it's like, hey. You want to like manipulate things that kind of look like a railroad track and so you can get this thing from one area to the next? I'm like, uh, sort of. <laughs> Is like, it a flashy uh, railroad track? <laughs> the railroad track just looks like a railroad track, but um, you are transporting an egg with a fleshy person inside who is constantly writhing, very upset. Yeah. Seems like they're in a lot of pain. <laughs> and then you have to transport that egg to a giant chainsaw that is going to rip them open and also rip open parts of them. Um, yes, uh, uh, Rob, you have pointed out there is a gun in this game. That looks like a flesh um, gun. Yeah, what the meat gun do? <laughs> what the meat gun do? So if you pa- so I have played this game for three hours, and if you track, if you look at the achievements, it seems like I've finished maybe a third of it, uh, maybe a, a uh, maybe a fourth. Um, and there is com combat in the sense that at one point a um a fleshy little creature was crawling along the walls and then wrapped itself around me and then its its tail was a gun that is now imprinted upon my flesh and it's not a gun as much as it's like <laughs> you you hit the trigger and like it goes and it like, like a, a little piece of metal tongue. A little metal piece uh, comes out and (laughs) occasionally there is an enemy that you can like pop kind of like a balloon. It's very bizarre. But if you hit the if you hit the pause menu, it says weapon on the D pads as weapon one, two, three, four, implying at some point in this game, I'll have access to a a multitude (laughs) of weapons, which is deeply betrayed by the three hours I've spent in the game, which has mostly been fleshy puzzles. Uh, So I don't know when this game is going to pivot to like having a weapon wheel. Um, but there's like nothing about it so far that suggests that's where it's going. So I'm very curious. I, what exactly that will mean. Maybe that will actually just be four different tools that also have sort of a, a weapon function. I I don't know. I, I would say so far I'm fairly disappointed in scorn. It is, uh, it shares similarities with, with, uh, a plague tale. So it's interesting to play them together in which, uh, like the puzzles are f- fine but the reason they're fine or even tolerable is mostly because like they look disgusting like they are truly upsetting to watch and interact with but the puzzles themselves pretty straightforward stuff you've seen before um and three hours of the game like that's all there is i'm not saying a game needs to have voice memos and notes But there is basically no storytelling going on. I feel like I am just exploring a bunch of environments in which they went, "Uh uh-oh, we made these pretty environments. Yeah. People could run through this in about an hour. Yeah. 
Let's put in some puzzles. Let's let's grind this out. Like because everything uh, here does look extraordinary. Like I'm yeah. stunned by like every uh, fucking it's... screenshot. I'm like, this looks like like one. It is not my thing. Like uh, I'm not sure I could play a game like this, but it does. Uh-huh. Just, everything looks exquisite. Yeah, let me see if I can find. Um, so I'm pasting a couple into our chat. So like, you see that little like like toilet looking thing? Like uh-huh. that's how I transported the egg. Before it was cracked uh, open by the, the chainsaw. Sure. Um, the second one is like well, this. That, that is a rascal slash toilet, honestly. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the other screenshot is like this outdoor landscape with like this really gorgeous. Um, you know, it looks very much like the like kind of, you know, uh, again, like imagine alien and how you'd build other kind of structures out of that aesthetic. Uh, it looks awesome, but the game is so far entirely aesthetic uh the puzzles aren't bad they just don't seem additive as much as exist to give the player something to do the combat is for what it is is wholly uninteresting and also it just feels like a thing to do Randy, you i don't know if that's good to you uh that's all i have to say i was I, you know that's kind of where i am on on scoring it is it is gorgeous I am going to keep playing it because I just want to see what other sites they have to show me. Um, but I, I guess I was just hoping for more from the minute to minute. Again, I don't need voice memos. I don't need scribbled notes. And in some ways, it's kind of interesting that you're just in a space. Um, but I, I was hoping for a little bit more about like what's going on. Why are we doing this? Um, and I just wish I had a little more to grasp onto other than progress forward but i will say the aesthetics are enough uh for all that told like it is it is an, it would be the kind of game that i would even implore people if the aesthetic is interesting to you just and you don't like puzzles just get a walkthrough just, like don't even worry about it like it would be worth having the amount of time you spent in this game purely to just see all the animations of you putting your fingers into weird holes and watching the fleshy sacks go around you it rules, um, but it does not, at least to this point, elevate uh, beyond that, which is a bit of a bummer. But, um, you know, I think for the audience that knows what they're in for uh, and now that my expectations are a little more calibrated, having played it, uh, it nails it nails the part I, that I liked about the trailer it was like, this seems gross. I would love to explore a very gross space for mm-hmm. a, a set number of hours. Uh and it is it is accomplishing that task, just unfortunately not not much more. Um, shall we take a little turn in the question bucket? Yeah, let's do a little spin around the question bucket. All right. Liam writes in. So in response to Ren's scary stories on the Fatal Frame stream and Patrick's request for similar emails, I thought I'd share my own experience of just how creepy rural Ohio can be. For background, I grew up in the ruralish outskirts of Youngstown, Ohio. Oh my One god, this night- person grew up where I grew up. Sorry, I just got really <laughs> excited. This is this is this is the area that I grew up in. Please continue. One night around 1 a.m., my friend was driving me home from some high school dance. When we got on my street, which is incredibly dark and incredibly empty this late, we noticed that this approaching car was driving on the wrong side of the road. This by itself was unnerving, so my friend pulls off onto a side road and idles to let this car pass but the car turns off on the side road with us. 
we could have tried to just wait for the car to pass us, pass by us still, but the vibes are incredibly bad at this point. So my friend just starts driving, hoping that if we make a few turns, the car will be gone. This, of course, doesn't happen. As we make more turns and the car continues to follow, my friend starts driving faster and faster, and this person more or less matches our speed. Soon enough, we are both speeding down these dark, windy streets. At about 10 minutes of us getting increasingly deep in this jumbled network of side roads, we get a little ahead of this person and break line of sight that we know we're still on the same road. We look for another turn to make to hopefully lose this person for good when we realize that the street we are on uh, had no outlet. Absolutely losing it at this point. Realize we don't have enough time to turn around and take an earlier turn before the car catches us up. So I tell my friend to pull off into a nearby driveway while the car still hasn't seen us and turn off the car and all the lights. The driveway is pretty long and it curved around the house so our car was slightly obscured. But we could see as this car appears and drives slowly down the street, stopping at each individual driveway. The car stops at the house we are at and lingers for noticeably longer. Our seats are reclined to hide us better. We aren't talking. We're just sitting there in silent terror. Then eventually, they move on. It's no outlet, though, so we wait for them to come back around. A couple dreadfully long minutes later, we hear a car screeching, and this person just rips by and heads back toward the way we came, seemingly angry that they lost us. We wait a bit to make sure they aren't still lingering or driving up and down the street. Then we head home, just dreading every car that we pass. Obviously, I never found out what any of that was about. It could easily have just been someone fucking with us, but it sure felt like I was being stalked by some horror movie killer, and I still think about that night whenever I'm back in the area and driving to my family home late at night. As always, fuck capitalism and fuck turfs, Liam. Wow. Ohio, baby. Ohio, baby. This is deeply resonant. This resonates with Renata. I Yeah, I remember, like hearing like some of the like really malicious pranks that like you'd hear about at high school that kids would get up to. One of them was like putting on uh they're doing it around Halloween and sometimes not at Halloween, but on Halloween masks and would go to people's doorbells and then just like a group of people like like high schoolers basically like wearing Halloween masks and just stand there silently while someone answered the door or doing something like this where you would essentially stalk someone in a car until they like turned into a driveway, clearly trying to pretend it was their driveway and hoping you would go away. Like the, all I can think about is the stories I would hear about folks getting in trouble, doing pulling shit like that, hearing, hearing the story in which it sounds like just a bunch of pieces of shit going, you know, it'd be cool scaring the shit out of someone. Yeah. Mortifying. Yeah. There's, there's people who do that shit. And there's also like, there are just, there are just drivers out there who are out of their goddamn minds, effectively. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, there there are people who, like, will get it into their head. Like, you know, when I, when I see stuff like that, um, when, I, when I hear a story about it like that, for instance, um, like, there are people who do reckless shit on the road, I think, in part hoping to provoke a reaction so that then they can, like, engage with someone and just, like, harass the shit out of them and, like, try to scare the shit out of them in a car. Um, and yeah, these people, yeah, they, they scare the shit out of me. Cause you're just like, you become acutely aware of like, you're on the road with someone who has just completely lost their shit and is entertaining. Like they're, they're wanting something to happen. Um, and it's, it, it always feels like I have no idea. Like, I don't know where this is going to go. Uh, 
yeah, the the couple times like stuff similar to that has happened, which has been a little closer to road ragey stuff, but it's but it's always like uh always raised a lot of questions. But this is yeah, this is this is a hell of a story, Liam. I mean, like, yeah, the person you're describing is the person who understands that cars are machines that can kill people. And that is the last thing you want anyone to recognize about a tool that they have access to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have an email here uh, from Trevor. Hey, Wapsters. On a recent episode, Rob mentioned an inexpensive, sweet coffee cake like treat his family used to acquire at the grocery store. By his description, I think he might be talking about Panatone. This is something I used to find in grocery stores in the city where I spent my 20s, but haven't been able to find it since moving away. If I could help you find a piece of your youth or failing that, find a new, relatively expensive dessert. Keep on pointing, Trevor. This is not it. So Damn. the it is it is circle, but it, it is this is big. This is big circular. It's like a giant cupcake, is what they're showing. Uh, uh, the, this is what the panatones that I'm, I'm pulling up look like. Um, somebody else did write in with like basically the thing, but they found. So I'll just I'll just read this email. Uh, Tony writes on the most recent pa- podcast when you all were talking about favorite pastries. Rob brought up a pastry he didn't know what to call, and as soon as he described it, I went, "Oh." He's talking about coffee cake. Then a few seconds later, he specifically said it wasn't coffee cake, which didn't seem right. So I did an image search for coffee cake, and what came up was definitely not what my mental image of coffee coffee cake was. A couple pages down, I did find my coffee cake, a long rectangular pastry dish, drizzled with white frosting and crumbled toppings, most commonly found at Ultra uh, at 10.30 a.m. on a Sunday after church. Ultra is the grocery store now a chain that is now defunct, uh, but was in my part of Indiana uh, back Ultra? then. Yeah. No idea. Never. Well, they this. wouldn't have had an Ultra in Barrington uh, or or North Burbs, I think is generally like, okay. like Ultra was. Far. No, it was more Ultra was like if you couldn't afford to shop at Jewel, you went. to. Oh, Ultra. wow. OK. All yeah. right. Um, so this jewel was wasn't like, exactly, it wasn't exactly fancy living where I live. Jewel was the nice grocery store. Really? Uh, interesting. Yes. We went to ultra, uh, but ultra uh, had the pastry department that, that, that made stuff like this. Um, but, uh, so they found though, the reason they found this was image search dug, like dug it up. Um, and here is, this is a very, you'll see what I mean here. Uh, so these are the coffee cakes and what we are looking at is Fleckenstein's bakery, a small chain, four stores, Mm -hmm. uh, in Illinois, a bakery that makes coffee cakes exactly like what I am describing. The the photos on their website are exactly Holy what shit. I'm finding. They're cream filled round. Another thing I would find all the time growing up. Haven't seen that anywhere. My looking at this, I almost want to say like Finkelstein's must have supplied a bunch of this to places around where I lived. But I also think maybe Finkelstein's is just one of the last places standing that makes what just used to be like a standard like Chicagoland coffee cake. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is it. Like this, this, this gallery of screenshots we're looking of, of of pictures we're looking at. That's that's it. The difference is their chocolate chip uh, coffee cake has chocolate frosting, uh, which I regard as heretical. Uh, that's that's too much chocolate. The white frosting and the chocolate. This is this is probably the key balance. But this is it. 
And so if people we'll post a link to this, I think, with the pocket, because we need to Patrick, you'll need to post this on the Waypoint account, in fact, because we need to know what is the actual name for this kind of pastry, because obviously coffee cake just means like, what is the coffee cake by region that like people in that area, that's their coffee cake. So you're thinking they're calling it coffee cake because that's what people would know, but that yeah. you think there is a more hyper-specific reference. I think there must be something else that this is that we just okay. do not know the name of. All right. But, and what's, what's, what's killing me is they have a little, like, they refer to, you can do online orders at this place. But their site is broken. I can't do online orders. Otherwise, I would be like, send me all the coffee cake you can. Um, I am so I was I was tempted this last weekend to call them and beg them for the recipe. So uh, a little bit of a run background is I worked at a diner slash confectionery that had a version like not this pastry, but was the Fleckenstein's bakery of a couple different kinds of candy where we were the only people who made it and people would be like, what the fuck is this called? And I, we would be like, oh yeah, it's this. And they were like, this is not the word for any of this. Uh, this is so confusing. And it was basically the one place you can get a couple of things, which is why Charlie Sheen, uh, no, 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 Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen is known for uh, ordering from the diner I used to work at because they're the only place you can get that kind of candy. These places exist across the country and are so weird, and I find them endlessly fascinating. Yeah, and the thing, like the thing that always sticks with me is when I grew up, every bakery department at different grocery stores had their version of this, but they weren't like it wasn't all like what's in this picture. It's, it, they definitely were not ordering on mass from the one place right. that makes this it's just this yes now what was like a widely distributed regional dessert mm-hmm. now exists apparently vestigially in new lennox illinois and nowhere else that i can find um because <laughs> like i remember they carried this at jewel until jewel shut down their pastry department their bakery department mm-hmm. and started like buying uh like you know, it was just like Sara Lee and Entman's goods now uh, being sold through their pa- their their pastry department. Uh, and but like they're used to buy all those regional places like Strack and Ventils uh, and, and such that, that that had their own their own bakeries. So, yeah, uh, the search continues. But I'm going to I am going to reclaim the coffee cake of my youth. Uh, so and, and once and once I do, uh, we're going to. We're going to buy a domain, memorialize that recipe and like, uh, you know, Chicagoland chocolate chip coffee cake for all. Uh, we're this going is to, uh, Rob's midlife crisis. No, the midlife crisis is the car for sure. <laughs> oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, that's the car. yeah that's ongoing, the car. ongoing. Can't wait to hear about the car crisis. again uh, on a balcony in New York. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, Tressa writes. This story takes place in October of 2020, back when pandemic restrictions were in full swing. Me and my girlfriend were having a regular date night. We're having regular date nights at an outdoor drive-in theater that had started up over the pandemic. It was close to Halloween, so they were doing a bunch of scary movie double features. Important to note that this drive-in theater was just an empty lot in the boonies with a big projector screen and speakers. Basically, isn't that just a drive-in? Anyway, Yeah, but like a lot of these popped up. Like, ah, people need a place to go. And okay. Like, and so, yeah. so they would go to like in places like Illinois 
like we have big swaths of like farmland and like uh, like sort sort of thing and just erect a screen and mm-hmm. then like have people come or an abandoned parking lot you know like a lot of this popped up over over covid there was one we almost went to but it was always too late to make sense for the the kids versus like the local radio station drive-in right where they actually have the real tech to yeah. let your car speakers do the thing uh, so basically no street lights, far from any main roads, perfect for movies. And also you can see the stars super clearly. The double feature we went to see was the nun and La Llorona, a couple of very fun, bad, cheesy horror movies that I enjoy. We were yeah, about halfway correct. through La Llorona. That's one of those films. Uh, nothing scary is happening on screen, but suddenly I start hearing people murmuring and gasping. I was like, did I miss something in the movie? But then I look out the car window only to see a large triangle of flickering lights very, very slowly. Falling from the sky in formation before blinking out one by one. It legit looked like a Star Destroyer entering the atmosphere for a few seconds and then it was gone. Everyone kind of got over it after a little uh, after a little while since nothing had like exploded and went back to watching the movie. It was really weird. I was a little shook, to be honest. Come to find out the next day, it was apparently just a bunch of Elon SpaceX garbage plummeting into the Pacific Ocean. Take some of the mystique out of it, but I guess billionaires were the true horror all along. That's all you do. <laughs> fuck capitalism, especially Elon Musk. Go home. Incredible. <laughs> Ideal outcome. Well, yeah, we were asked people to write in their spooky stories when we were doing the Fatal Frame stream. And, and this one, that's so good because in a world where they didn't see that headline, then like this could like live. It's the kind of story you're telling for decades right like you're like yeah. oh that time we were at the movie and, and everyone then, saw it everyone saw yeah, it everyone saw it yeah yeah you go like okay no talk to jeff jeff was there it was also the drive-thru you know and uh it's almost unfortunate that they found out that space capitalism was the was the result Graham. um so our last email comes from n I'm writing you this email after hearing you mention Servicuse in episode 514. As a serial Path of Exile player, Servicuse is something that I meet every three months at the start of a new league. Time of league start is known in advance, so all 50 to 100,000 players are logged in at once trying to secure their place and get into the game first. It became such a huge part of launch experience that there was a minor uproar when several streamers were allowed instant access to bypass the queue, as it gave them a, gave them a small 5-10 to 10 minute advantage in accompanying ra- racing events. A year ago, developers made a mistake of doing on-the-fly database conversion for every player logging in, which caused players to get stuck, unable to log in for hours, and took 12 hours to fix. If some people did not care about logging queues before, well, they do now. Even now, when I skip a season, I still take a minute or two to check out a couple of streams to see if developer servers, yet again, are on fire from 100,000 action RPG fans trying to get that sweet new loot. That trivia out of the way, here's my question. Have you ever encountered some non-directed incidental part of the game that became an integral part of the experience? And from Russia. Non-directed. Hmm. Hmm. Where you make a, you know, in in a different way, like where you make a game out of a yeah, it's not part of the game. Um, I couldn't think of one off the top of. No, I think mine would be like similar stuff. Like the 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 infrastructure around MMOs at their height uh, tends to breed this kind of stuff for sure. Um, I think this kind of thing has has fizzled out a little bit 
yeah. or it would become less frequent. And so I haven't encountered, I also don't play much multiplayer stuff, um, like massively multiplayer stuff. And so mm. I think that I have, I have, I am rarely encountering it. I, so I actually hear, hear my answer. Um, boot discs back in the day <laughs> were a never ending project of like, uh-huh. how can I, fit my computer into the shape of the vessel that this game wants, wants it to be. I mean, to uh, explain like, this is far more familiar that it's like actually worth explaining what I, yeah. I, I went through. This is how I got dark forces to run on my 486. But like, essentially you could use a boot disc and you would, you'd, you'd boot into DOS and then you would configure this boot disc to, um, Right, so you could also do it at start, right? And it would be a temporary configuration of the PC, but then you could save that so that you could just like, you could preload that into the machine going forward. But essentially it's like turning off various parts of the machine to like free up RAM. Yes. Usually it was RAM. Uh, RAM was like such a precious resource and that it's like today where it's like your game will run better. Like back then it was, the game won't run. Uh, like, and so I remember like with Dark Forces specifically, I don't think I, I had boot disk, but like a lot of times it was me with like a notebook. That was like, yes, no, yes, no, yes. yes. You know, like what order operations is going to get me to get the game to run. And then sometimes because you could get the game to run faster if you like could. It was a puzzle in and of itself. So you'd either like read on a message like a BBS or something like here's like a more effective way to do it. Or it'd be like, hmm, if I switch these things up, I wonder if I can eke out a little bit more RAM. Um, like, do you not want your sound card? Do you want to play this game silent? Because then maybe the game will yes. run. <laughs> Well, and the other the other part was sometimes usually it was memory, but sometimes it was like there's a there's a hardware conflict happening somewhere here, uh, and so IRQ to, IRQ was the sound stuff, right? That's yeah, and so like to sort of like drain the swamp to like figure out okay what what could the things be that are causing this issue? You would just start like yeah turning off parts of your machine to see like well now it'll, well, now will it run now where's the conflict? Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think part of it was you would start taking a perverse sort of pleasure in like, ah, time to time to maintain my boot disk, <laughs> uh, time to time to fix up the old boot disk. Computers never should have changed from this. I think they should have gotten stronger, but not better. I, 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 I love the wor- I love this world you're describing. This is this is awful. In, in, F- I love it. F8. Is F8 what you would hit? Was that universal? That's like, this is like triggering a, a, a keyboard memory for me. I, I think like. it might depend on what BIOS you were using. Yeah, um, that's probably motherboard specific. Yeah, um, but in general, it was like one of the I think few mine keys. was F8. I think mine was F8 to get it. And you can only hit it in that brief window where like, you know, oh, you hit power. The, it was beep boop. And well, then it's like this before. Is the, this is the thing where this is the vestigial part of the experience is like when you're like building a new new computer or something, a lot of times part of installing Windows or doing Flashing this at some BIOS. point, you will be, uh, yeah, like uh, going back to these systems. Um, but you only have to do it once. And then the computer will will be set up and you never you forget that all that stuff is still there. Uh, but But that shit is like. That is what remains of the structure that DOS was built on that you were constantly in there fucking with. Uh, to to try and make games work. Yeah. Windows Explorer, I'm going to need you to take a back seat. I need 12 more frames uh, in this Valorant match real quick. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not dissimilar. Like the, the somewhat modern version of that would be like in Windows 90. When does Windows introduce like 
you know, control, you know, where you can like go in and like force close programs and stuff task like manager? that. Yeah, yeah. yeah like th- th- it's 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 the it's the ancient version of the task manager, which is like what is taking up my CPU um, sort of thing. It's it's not dissimilar. Like we're just like force quitting. And then you're wondering, like, well, probably shouldn't force quit this. What does this do? Will this break windows while I'm playing? Like, I remember doing that with like early Windows 95, 98 uh, as games were making the transition to DirectX and also having similar technical struggles. Like sometimes it was managing literal task manager to see if you could get a game to usually boot. But it's like, can I get terminal velocity to run a little bit faster? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't thought about that game in ages. Yeah, that came, no, did not come with Windows. But I think a demo did. I can't remember. But I remember playing that a lot. Uh, anyway, so that will be a wrap for today's episode of Waypoint Radio. If you want more from Waypoint, you can follow us uh, on Twitter at Waypoint, Facebook and YouTube, Waypoint Vice. You can follow me on Twitter at Rob Zachney. Uh, Patrick, where can people find you? At Patrick Klepek. Ren. You can follow me on Twitter at Ren or Raven. And hey, once again, don't forget Save Point. Uh, this week, just a just a couple days from when you're when you're listening to this, we're going to be starting on Wednesday uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern and going until Friday night. Uh, so the 19th to the 21st. Uh, check check all that out. Uh, and let's see. I think you can also check out what we've been publishing lately on waypoint.vice.com. Uh, Ren just wrote up a piece about. Uh, the harassment, the, the latest harassment lawsuit uh, with, with Activision Blizzard. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're going to be streaming a, a whole bunch uh, for, for save point. But, you know, in addition to that, if you just want more Waypoint, you can go to waypointplus.com and subscribe. That gives you access to our premium feed. Uh, and you're also helping support Waypoint and everything else we do here. And if you want to uh, take that extra step, you can go to waypointgeneralstore.com and buy some of, our, some of our fine Waypoint merch. Our theme music is by Bowen. The track is Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Learn more at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Uh, for now, we are calling time on this Monday's podcast. We will talk to you again for Save Point, really. Uh, until then, fuck capitalism. Go home. Watch Save Point. Also, at some point, Kato left because they had to go do a thing, which is why Kato disappeared. <laughs> Bye forever, Kato. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.